Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jean Thomas, CIO at Memorial Hospital Gulfport. In this segment, Thomas discusses the pros and cons of going big bang versus a staged rollout, the two key factors that can influence change management, and what optimization mode means to his team. Hi, Jean. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. You're welcome. Now, can you just give... Uh, give our readers and listeners a little bit of information about Memorial Hospital Gulfport just to uh, kind of lay the groundwork? Certainly. Uh, Memorial Hospital Gulfport is a not-for-profit community-based hospital founded in 1946. Um, we're a 445-bed licensed facility. We have uh, somewhere close to 90 clinics that we own and operate. Uh, we have about 3,000 employees, about 450 medical staff members, half of which are employed. Um, we will do somewhere around 400,000 ambulatory visits a year. We'll probably do 180,000 to 200,000 outpatient procedures, probably 17,000 uh, discharges, and somewhere near 80 to 85,000 emergency department visits in our current uh, volumes, if you will. And a little bit about the area uh, geographically. Sure. So we are, uh, the, the actual facility, the main campus facility, we do have clinics uh, in the community, but the main campus is a little less than a mile from the Gulf of Mexico where hurricanes like to hang out, oddly enough. We're about 65 miles to the east of New Orleans, right on the coast. Um, and so we're kind of uh, wedged in between, if you will, New Orleans and, and the Florida Panhandle. All right. So now in terms of the, the clinical application environment, um, what do you have in place uh, at the hospital? So we have recently, and recently means June 14th of 2014, on that Saturday, we actually converted and did a very large Big Bang housewide EMR replacement. We replaced uh, three existing systems, and the three systems are between our ED, our inpatient uh, venue, and our clinic footprint, and went completely housewide with the Cerner Millennium, uh, installation for our electronic medical record in almost all venues of care. Okay. Now, how did it work as far as going Big Bang? Um, was that something that I'm, I'm sure presented some challenges, but maybe uh, benefits as well? Y yes, I, I would say both. You know, we, and this is uh, you know, agnostic discerner to some extent, but just the, the nature of when you do these things. So Big Bang has its benefits in that you're not building multiple interfaces to legacy systems uh, in a more staged rollout, if you will. So Big Bang uh, gives you the benefit of not having, again, this, this long-term staged rollout that has pain points along the way as you bring individual venues and individual procedural areas up. Uh, so we believe that was the right decision. It's the right decision long-term. Certainly going Big Bang all at once has its challenges because you're changing workflow, uh, you know, holistically in, in, you know, in our case, in almost every except for one, except for cardiology, in every venue of care. And right. so it just requires more planning in advance in terms of your workflow, your build, uh, the horizontal view between various departments and venues of care and clinics and emergency department, procedural areas, et cetera. Um, so it requires some of that planning. It also requires some, uh, not some, I would say a lot of discipline on go live for the unanticipated consequences and unanticipated workflows that are just very difficult to, to model and anticipate completely upfront. Right. How, how were you able to, to try to anticipate those things or to just, uh, you know, to try to uh, work out ahead of time some of the problems you might run into? 
Well, you, you know, you, you, you do it as best you can, but specifically what we did is we went through some pretty detailed workflow sessions to try to say, here's current state, what is future state going to be? Um, and, you know, we still had to learn if, uh, what I call the nuances, and I'll rephrase that probably as the benefits of an integrated system because we didn't have an integrated system before. So we did a lot of workflow modeling. Here's current state. Here's what future state's going to look like. Um, we relied on Cerner quite a bit. They've got a lot of experience doing this, so they were a good partner in helping us understand those things. Um, we tried to pay a lot of attention to the inevitable workarounds that happen upon go-live when things or people just function differently than, than you anticipated. Right. And although we still have some workarounds, we quickly tried to say, all right, what was our modeling beforehand, our modeling of workflows, and how do, what do we need to change to either make a workaround uh, change to our model of ideal workflow or change the workflow we thought we needed to now what we actually need based on, on reality, if you will. Right. And just, just as far as that, that change management piece, I mean, was there anything that you can kind of uh, offer as uh, a takeaway just as far as handling that for, you know, what can be a pretty big change in the way that, that, uh, that people do their jobs? Yeah, I can offer some specific uh, comments there. You know, the, the caution is be careful of what I call the knee-jerk reactions upon go-live, which is mm -hmm. um, I want to change something. Something goes into the change management queue, and you quickly have to kind of dissect, is this a want or a need? Is it just that someone, whoever that someone may be, doesn't like the new workflow, and therefore they put in a request to have it changed? You want to be careful mm -hmm. you don't make too many of those, because it may not be the right change long-term. Uh, second is you've got to have a pretty disciplined change management process. And I would suggest that even though it's not obvious up front, if you're going with an integrated system, I'll qualify it as such, make sure you've got a good cross-functional group that's reviewing the changes. Um, you know, from time to time, we would have a change come through that made perfect sense for a particular area, but we didn't fully understand the upstream or downstream consequences of that change. And so while you go through that approval, that investigative and then therefore resulting approval process, you need to have a good cross-functional group that understands how it may or may not impact an area upstream or downstream. Right. Really important point if I was uh, advising someone doing a Big Bang implementation. Right. Yeah, that, that is a really good point, and uh, I'm sure that uh, there's that, that temptation to want to make, you know, make everybody happy, but there's never going to be a scenario where everybody has uh, you know, the exact situation that they want as far as workflow. That is correct. You know, in your medical staff, and of course, you know, you really need to make sure that the medical staff understands the new workflow. And you know, a lot of a lot of care, of course, is predicated on on the medical staff and the orders that they place. And so, rightfully so, you'll have a group of physicians say, "I would like for the look or the feel or the workflow to be this way." But you've got to have a governing body that that somebody has to make decisions on behalf of the entire medical staff, right? Because right. um, you will have a group of physicians, even there, either in a specialty area or high-volume physicians, say, you know, I really would like these lab results to be this color. Well, those are global changes in many cases. That's an example of a global change. So you've got to then say, you know, this body, this body of physicians is here about making this decision on behalf of everyone. Um, so that's kind of an important thing from a governance uh, and change management, change control process. Right. I take it that you had, uh, you know, kind of representation from, from different areas. Uh, medical staff or otherwise or both? Both. So, so on the medical staff, what we did is I started this uh, early on, even in the, in the, in the uh, selection phase before we selected Cerner as our vendor. Um, I used, created a physician advisory committee 
Um, but basically what we did is we took the Medical Executive Committee, the MEC, and I dovetailed into their existing meetings, and actually they met once a month, so we went to twice, twice a month. And that body, meaning that, that MEC, doubled as my physician, our physician advisory committee. And so that's how we met with them literally every two weeks uh, up until about two months ago. We've moved back to monthly now. Uh, so that was how it worked on the physician side. On the procedural areas, you know, we had a cross-functional team in information systems and informatics people that would work with the departments. Um, if I were doing it over again, I would probably have more cross-functional, or more horizontal, I should say, people that really were making sure as decisions were made in those particular procedural areas or even registration, that somebody had a view of the, the horizontal uh, impact. But yeah, we, we had multiple, multiple groups. We called them solution uh, teams that worked on different solutions, the solutions being radiology and cardiology and lab, et cetera. Okay. I think we had 17 solution teams across 17 different areas. Okay. It's certainly a pretty, pretty wide scale of representation there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So now uh, June was when, when the Big Bang happened. And um, so at this point, are you pretty focused on, uh, you know, optimization, or is it still kind of uh, some of those, you know, uh, post-go-live uh, issues being taken care of? So, uh, you know, oftentimes I answer this a little tongue-in-cheek. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> right. um, so it was actually June 14th at 7 a.m. is when we flipped the switch. And so at this point, we are, some of these things, you know, it's interesting in the industry, and this is my personal take, you know, it's definition dependent. So we kind of call ourselves right now in a stabilization mode, probably at the tail end of that. And then that will lead into optimization. And optimization, you know, depending on how you, again, how you define it, it can take a long time. Uh, you know, you want to get to the point where you're stable and you're operating in all of your areas and there's smooth workflow and there's good patient experience. You know, safety and quality are, are always there from day one. You want those there. But then optimization is really how do I wind up getting the return on investment and better patient experience? And how do I tweak everything in every area as finely as you possibly can tweak right. it? So we, we define ourselves right now as in, at the, probably the tail end of our stabilization, um, meaning we're still changing some workflows. We're still saying, you know what, let's redefine how this is going to work in this area or let's, let's take, do some maintenance, some configuration changes. Once we do most of that, we will then call ourselves probably in the optimization phase of now that we've got n number of encounters under our belt, should we change something that might make it more efficient? Right. Okay. So that's probably a far more accurate description to talk about a stabilization mode than, you know, nobody's flipping a switch and going right from go live to optimization. No, huh? Now, let's say you first go, you know, again, tongue-in-cheek, you go through trauma, mm -hmm. uh, denial, <laughs> acceptance <laughs> and then you then you work on on stabilization right okay but then all the while I'm sure that you're also looking ahead to to optimization and you know what are we going to be able to do um, at at uh, some point soon a absolutely you know and, and some point soon again is, is relative on the definition of soon I'll tell you in our case we're pretty laser focused on you know we knew we wanted to go to an integrated system you know, best of breed and disparate systems, we, we made it, it was easy to make the decision to get away from that. We knew we wanted the most integrated system possible, so we took the approach of if CERN had a solution, we were taking it. If they didn't have the solution but had a partner they'd integrated with, we would take that partner's solution as if it were theirs, theirs being CERN's, unless that decision could cause potential patient harm or had a negative quantifiable financial impact. 
So we wanted the most integrated system possible. And I'm, going, I'm getting back to you when you talk about optimization. Mm-hmm. So we wanted that for a number of reasons, and I think a lot of them are obvious. But in our case, since more than half our medical staff is employed, and we've got a clinic footprint of you know, close to 85 or 90 now and growing, when you talk about population health management and continuum of care, we can actually, in our market, right, um, we can actually care for most patients underneath our umbrella. And so when we talk about optimization, we can really see a patient in, in a, and in our clinic footprint, it's more than just pri- primary care and family practice. We have specialties as well. We've got almost all specialties. There's only a few that we don't have. So when a patient enters our system through primary care and has to have specialty procedures or an inpatient procedure or they enter the system through the ED, we actually have a good view of that patient because we've got all the services that most patients are going to need. So our optimization really includes, you know, how do we prepare for population management and changing payment models? How are we going to use analytics to, you know, first and foremost, improve quality and outcomes? Not that we have poor quality and outcomes today, but you always want to focus on that. Mm-hmm. How do we want to prepare for the changing payment models that are going to come? Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that will speculate on what those models will be, but uh, I would say my personal opinion, again, somewhat of the, the institution's opinion. We just know that it's going to be different in the future than it is today. So we, you know, our optimization includes everything on the patient side and then everything on the operational side to prepare for the future, if, if I answered your question. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things you, you brought up is, uh, is, is analytics and, and looking at, uh, you know, now that we have this information, now that we have the, this unified view of the patient, what, what you'll be able to do. So wanted to talk about uh, some of the things that you're looking at as, as far as analytics. Sure. So when, when we scoped the project, we uh, strategically and on purpose said, not only do we need an EMR, right, a, a, one chart, one uni- unified database where all clinical information goes on that patient, if you will. We also want a robust analytics. Now, Cerner's got robust analytics. I would say their analytics is more robust now than it was two years ago when we were in the selection process. So we, in addition to contracting with, with Cerner, we strategically planned budget-wise and in the budget to go contract for robust analytics. We wound up through a selection process, landing on a company called Health Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume at this point, but a lot of people know who they are, pretty, pretty good company, pretty good, really good company, I should say, out of uh, Salt Lake City. We were very impressed with their enterprise data warehouse and analytics. So we were able to do what, what at least Gartner has commented on in the past. It was called a stack vendor. They're an EDW and an analytics vendor, the analytics tools and applications. So, you know, our, our two most important vendors, I would say, are say not our, but, but my two most important vendors as a CIO right now are Cerner and Health Catalyst. Uh, both are important for what we want to do and what we think we need to prepare for down the road. So analytics is actually, it, it, I want to say it's more strategic than your EMR, but it's, it's obviously very strategic. Without a robust EMR, you don't get the analytics you need. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.